2: <laughs> Talk shoe. Recorded live. This should be like starting every video, too, you know. It's like,
3: uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like Talk shoe.
2: Recorded live. Oh my God. So um, today is um, June 6th, 2017. Mm-hmm. It is uh, shortly after 1 o'clock. Um and it is me and Mary Mary Kay <laughs> Mary Kay is rich because you know Mary Kay takes care of lots of people you <laughs> know man
3: <laughs> I swear <laughs> Yes
2: yes yes and so um um today uh, we're going to be talking about um session four of happily ever after um we've already went through not knowing who you are um, not understanding gender differences and also not managing emotions you remember that part right Mhm. Yep. Yep. So now we're gonna talk about structural and other breakdowns. Okay. Um. That's today's session, and then uh, that's the fourth biggest problem. It's still a big ass problem. Oh my god! But it's the fourth biggest problem behind the first three. You already got. And then, um, and then the next session is gonna be miscommunication, meaning how to communicate so you don't miscommunicate. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. And day. then, <laughs> yeah, right.
2: And, and then after then. Um, you know, the, the the last session will be um, about what to do now that you know how to handle all those things, how to make the relationship work. So, okay. Um, and I'll just tell you that it would be it. if it was easier for me to tell you how to make the relationship work before going through the problems, uh-huh. I would just go through, I would just do it that way. But, like, you won't really get how easy it is, how powerful uh-huh. the easiness is until you see how deal with the problems and then okay. at the end it's like oh that's it promise you
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so um, so I, I just want to get some feedback on uh, you know how you were left what you got I want to make sure that you got what I was hoping you got or what you need to get and so uh, uh, what are you left with um, from the last uh, session we had what do you remember any breakthroughs anything um, check it in
3: well
0: I really didn't, so when I think about it, it makes perfect sense, but I didn't really think about um, myself and the other person and the space in between the two of us. Mm. Uh, Yes. And that really says a lot about um, how little I really knew objectively because I always remember my brother saying, that he worked with someone. He said, I totally understand this whole problem thing that she was working on. And said, mm. okay, explain it to me. And she couldn't. And he said, mm. well, if you can't explain it, you don't really understand it. She says, no, but I really understand it. And he said, but if you can't explain it. <laughs> so I was like in the, I couldn't explain it and I didn't understand it. <laughs> so I mm. really um,
3: mm.
0: So uh, it, the whole thing's been really excellent for me. Um, because it's making it very clear about what the issues are and could be and the things that I would need to think about. Yes. When I really could not have explained it to you before. I would have said, oh, yeah, there's, like, something there, but I couldn't have said it. So mm. I'm, I'm really good with everything. This has been a very excellent thing. Mm.
2: Excellent. Okay. Yeah, there's you, there's your partner, there's a space in between. And – Last week, we talked about the first of the two different aspects of the space in between called the emotions, the baby side. Today, we're going to talk about the the business side of the space in between.
3: Okay.
2: So, um, and I think that between uh, this and um, next session, communication, Mm -hmm. you'll be able to not only know what you know, but be communicated as if you know. (laughs) know Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so- be, be, between this and that next session, so those th- these two sessions are going to do that because um, okay. um you, you, let me see how can I say this um you need to know how to deal with breakdowns, and mm-hmm. when you know how to deal with breakdowns, you'll be able you'll have the capacity to communicate them um
3: right.
2: and, and then and then when you understand the value and the reason for communication. In relationships, then mm-hmm. you'll understand how to communicate in ways that make the relationship work.
3: Okay.
2: So, um, but today is going to be a fascinating day because it's got uh, a anu- it's got a number of issues that are um, unique to itself, um, and uh, I'll explain it to you as we go along. So this is it's going to be this is going to be fun. When I first really got what I'm about to share with you, it's going to be like, huh? <laughs> wow. I'll just I'll just start off by saying this section right here is the reason why people think the relationships are so complicated.
3: Got
0: it.
2: This, more than anything else, is the reason why they think it's so complicated. Like, they don't like the, the, the gender difference problem, even though they don't have the language to say it. They don't even know that not knowing who you are. They don't even know that they don't know who they are. They don't know that they don't know who they are. Right? Right. Um, manage emotions? I have them. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to manage it. They don't even know to manage it, right? All of those are are problems in and of itself. I've seen men and women walk away, damn, she made me mad. Damn, what's wrong with him? Right? And then, but they don't know what to do about it. They're just feeling it. Right. Until the feeling goes away, and then they feel something else, right? Right. But, But structural other breakdowns, this is the one that makes relationships feel so complicated. I'm explaining to you as we go along. So. Okay. All right, so uh, structural and other breakdowns. What I mean by structural and other breakdowns is that, is that uh, structural breakdowns is that breakdowns make life uncomfortable if not unworkable. Often it's both. A lost job, a flat tire on the highway, broken pipes in the bathroom, etc., Mm-hmm. Other types other types of breakdowns include not getting what you want, sex, attention, free time, etc. Mm-hmm. The reason structural and other breakdowns can and usually do get in the way in the way of relationships is that they draw attention to negativity, are almost always a shock or a surprise to the individuals in the relationship, and it takes away from other areas in the relationship that are working, such as money, time, or commitments.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Let me say that again.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The reason structural and other breakdowns can and usually do get in the way of relationships is that they draw attention to negativity. Everything's fine, but you know we live in a we we were trained from landmarks that life is empty and meaningless, and mm-hmm. it's empty and meaningless. That is empty and meaningless unless you right. have a breakdown in your relationship. Then it definitely has a meaning and it's negative. For sure. <laughs> okay, so you draw attention to negativity are almost always a surprise, if not shock, to the individuals in the relationship, and it takes away from every other areas in the relationship that are working, such as money, time, or commitments. Lack of structures, right, structure and other breakdowns. Lack of structures creates la- create the space for a lack of workability. Lack of workability creates lack of trust, freedom, safety, security, and success. What's worse is that the impact occurs unconsciously, automatically, and often immediately. Lack of physical communication, agreement, structural, or any other forms of breakdowns of disagreements undercut the emotional environment in relationships in ways that only creating and restoring workability can.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: All right so what do you what are you getting out of this
0: Um, uh, so it makes me think of of thinking that people are on the same page and then they're not, and then instead of communicating about it, you sit there and go, "I can't believe that she was so mean. I can't believe that they didn't notice that, and you're right that it automatically triggers something." Um, emotionally, like, like, you know, like, I'm not going to say that again in front of them, or I can't rely <laughs> that, and, and it just happens just like that. You don't even have yes. to think it's, it just comes into your head just like that.
3: Right.
2: Exactly. And then people wonder why relationships are hard. Right.
0: Because yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. that's happening. You don't even know that that's, you You know it's happening, but you don't know it's happening at the same time. Right?
3: Yeah. You're yeah. at the
2: effect. You're at the effect of it, but you're not necessarily aware that it's. You're in the process of doing something that's about to damage the relationship further than it already has been. Right.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. So, <laughs> woo, boy, it gets worse from here. Sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> it
3: definitely
2: does. So um, the only three things that can keep structural breakdowns from negatively impacting relationships is the following three things. Uh-huh. One, make, one, making agreements. Two, planning. Three, commitment. We're going to talk about those three things. Okay. So um, let's let's talk about making agreements first. Uh-huh. Make, making agreements on who does what and when is critical to maintaining workability and reducing or completely eliminating structural and other breakdowns because this is where trust, credibility, and partnership gets created and developed. So after making an agreement, maintaining that agreement is paramount to the relationship, even if breakdowns do occur, because though we can't foresee the future, we know our partner cares about us, their word, and can be trusted to do what they say they're going to do. Mm-hmm. The biggest the biggest agreement a couple can make is a philosophical agreement around how to approach structural issues and how to understand the business side of the relationship. So let me explain that. I want to say more about it, but I'm going to say it differently than what I have it written. So I read this book once upon a time called Million Dollar Consulting. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. This book is amazing. It's like the, the, the guys are consulted, and it sounds like, uh, he's a wisdom course leader who's talking about consulting. Is that uh-huh. phenomenal, right? And so um, he comes. He, he talks about how to make deals, and how you make deals is that you got to get on the same page philosophically
3: uh-huh.
2: um, with with the economic buyer, the person who can say yes and pay.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And so um, what that looks like is um, in consulting, it looks like you as the consultant and the person who you're going to be consulting agrees on the problem, agrees on the nature of the problem, agrees on um, the result that they want, agrees on how to distinguish and how to, uh, how to uh, uh, you know, tell whether the result got produced, how to create metrics that they could both agree on. And then, um, but the consultant has the freedom to put in whatever you need to put in in order to produce the results that they both agree to.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. So, um, and they're in partnership in producing those results. So they both got to be like, Oh, here's the problem. Okay. Here's the solution we want. Here's how we know we got that solution. Here's the, here's the benefits of that solution, like the return on investment. And, um, and I'm going to tell you a bunch of different ways in which we could have this happen, but Mm -hmm. we're on the same page from beginning to end. So, In the sense of of making agreements, you would have a fundamental understanding of how you want life to be in this particular area, whether it's sex, money, time, freedom, whatever. You'd have philosophical agreements about those areas so Mm -hmm. that when circumstances come around, you're able to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. They're still true to they're still true to your your fundamental nature, but because these adjustments came around, it it makes things a little different. You know, it makes it we have to make adjustments. There's a there's a, a DJ um, um, on on uh WBLS in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name his name was Frankie Crocker. I don't know if you ever heard of Frankie Crocker. No. His, he, was, he wasn't Frankie Crocker. He was Frankie Hollywood Crocker. <laughs> <laughs> he was on from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. for about 20 years on WBLS Call 7.5 in New York. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things he used to say is, if Frankie Crocker is not on your radio, your radio is re- not really on. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. He was the bomb he was to radio what uh, soul train was to television. Uh-huh. It was amazing. You know, like so many artists got started like, you know, promoted on WBLS. So, he used to have this one another saying he used to have is changing direction but still right on course. <laughs> Which is awesome, right? That's how you can that's how you know you have made a philosophical agreement in a particular area. Because you can change directions but you're still on course. You're still creating the intended outcome. Uh-huh. You know, I'll explain for me as a program leader, trainer, coach, if, um, forget about me. I'm going to use somebody else's example. So I had did the Millionaire mm-hmm. Mind Intensive um, with uh, Peak Potentials um, a second time in 2012. I did it in 2004, then I did it in 2012. Uh two thousand eleven. All right. So um, while I was in there, um, the guy who was leading the program was not T. Harvecker. I was kinda like, What happened to T. Harvecker? He's the owner, right? Right? This guy named Adam Markel, he was leading the program, right? And so he he wouldn't give like he would give like ten minute, twelve minute, fifteen minute breaks the longest. I'm like, What kind of break is this, man? That's crazy. And then the middle aisle, I mean the middle section. It was like twenty yeah. seats it was like twenty seats across. I'm like how you you know, you have more than ten seats across. Now you're giving people in the middle a hard time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. really.
3: Right. So yeah. you
2: know yeah. as as a facilities manager and a production manager, I really like I couldn't do nothing about it. It's too late, but I'm like, that sucks, right?
3: But anyhow
2: so so um, he made people promise to be on time to turn the break. So we're in this hotel in this caucus, and um, the women was online to go to the bathroom. And so
3: mm-hmm. two,
2: when, when we when we came back from the 12-minute break, I think it was a 12-minute break, 12, 13-minute break. Like, what the hell? We're having a half-hour breaks, you know? Anyhow, when he came yes. back, he was making everybody wrong for being late. Yes. But, but, but 80% of the people who were late was the women. And I know mm-hmm. they was on. I know because I saw the line outside. Like there's no way they're going to be. All these women going to get on the bathroom and be, be on time. Yeah. So, so um, and I was there with uh, three or four other friends. So I'm there, and um, I decided I'm going to say something about this. Screw this. And I didn't say screw this. You know, fuck that. I ain't, yeah. I ain't putting up with that. So I'm sitting in the middle, and I raised my hand.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I had my hand up for almost forty minutes. <laughs> my friends are like no man you forget about it man you know uh, no 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 no. i got my hand up and he said okay put your hand down. i put my hand up okay left it up i'm gonna listen to you need to respect and respond to what i'm saying so he said okay listen i see you're not gonna stop talk to me at the end of at the break i put my hand down okay. now i know i can talk to him right so at the right. break at the break I, I went over to him and i said listen man the reason why there were so many people else late was because those women was on that line, because mm-hmm. that's the only bathroom on this floor, and they were late because they were trying to go to the bathroom. They weren't trying to break their, their agreement. They wasn't, it wasn't an integrity mm-hmm. issue. It was a physicality issue. You say, mm-hmm. yeah, well, you know, the reason why uh, – but even before I said that, I said, he said, the reason why I, I didn't want to talk to you, because I didn't want to break my, my momentum and my, my agenda – Mm -hmm. And I I said, listen, you know, I can understand that, but if I were you and I was leading this program, I would use anybody's anything. I would use a light falling out of the sky as a way to communicate my – to deliver my program. So Mm -hmm. if you don't know how to do that, I'm suggesting that you take that on in addition to taking care of these women, right? So he was Mm -hmm. like, we don't do that. We don't do that. But then, you know, his people was listening to him, so he decided, I'm going to do that. So what he did when he came back from the break – Mm-hmm. he uh, had me stand up and acknowledge that I was looking out for the women and I was taking care of the integrity of the space. All the women acknowledged me. <laughs> I, became, I became kind of their hero because cool. I'm like, you know, yo, man, you got to pay attention to this stuff. And so what I was trying to teach him, which he ended up using, because he used me and my okay. situation to help dig in further, even though it was a make-roll machine, Digging a little further about integrity, so mm-hmm. he used my conversation with him to communicate his integrity, which you know he didn't do a great job at it, but at least he tried. Mm-hmm. He, I, I was trying to teach him, even if he changed direction, you could still stay on course.
3: Mm-hmm. And so that's
2: why I'm saying this to you, so you get it as a tangible example
3: mm-hmm.
2: of this. Yeah, and, and and everybody liked me for the rest of the program, which, but I didn't, I didn't <laughs> do it for that. <laughs>
3: I know. <laughs> it's like,
2: yo, Why are you making that's these women hard. wrong? And and then he also said, listen, you know, there's other bathrooms and other places, so he helped with that too. You know what I mean? Huh. But but yeah. I was like, nah, man. You know, there's no pass, man. Fuck that. No, sorry, yo. And so <laughs> when he let me know he was going to talk to me afterwards, that's the only reason why I put my hand out. Otherwise, my hand would have been up that whole session. I ain't wow. care. Yeah, that was me being firm. <laughs> I told. <tell, laughs> You know, when I, whenever I get a chance to tell people, I tell them, listen, I'm nice because I choose to be nice, not because I have to be, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so that was I was being nicely uh, right there and that. So <laughs>
3: um
2: so I'm saying this because when you make agreements and you understand the agreement, you can you can still maintain the agreement in certain ways by taking into consideration new circumstances, but still be on course. So that's the reason why understanding principles are so powerful, because when you understand principles, you're being loving, right? I was being firm. I was being rigorous, but I was doing it for love. Mhm. You know what I mean? My hand was up for love because I didn't want these women to be feeling made wrong, and I want them to be taken care of. And Mother, you should know better. Mm-hmm. But also, also I got a chance to teach him something. He ain't know. So... Mm-hmm. Um. You know, when you are being a principal and you make agreements that's fundamentally based in principles, then you can make agreements that you can always honor, even if you got to change how you honor it.
3: hmm does that,
2: does that make sense? Yes. All right, so what are you hearing out of this? Because I know I say it a lot, but.
3: Um,
0: that. I think it's sort of like like a general thing um, that I hear at Landmark, like the story is not important mm. so much. It's like what you, it's your action. Mm-hmm. So you could have a story about the new circumstance, and it could make you get all all like upset and not, you know, just reacting to something instead of yes. saying, okay, well, there's some new circumstances, and here's what
3: you deal with it. He just hears the other
0: accent. Right.
2: You yeah. Know. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm encouraging you to listen to this this session again because um I think, you know, three months from now you listen to this and you'll hear something new in it, you know? Mm-hmm. But I ain't finished either. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, you know <laughs> making agreements is more than let's meet here at nine o'clock. You know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: so um, the biggest agreement, like I said, uh, a couple can make is a philosophical agreement about how to approach structural issues and handle handle how to handle the business side of their relationship. This means that you have to understand each person in the in – the, um, understand how each person in their relationship approaches things, understand their talents and skill sets, their vision, intended outcomes, and context for doing things and so much more. You have to understand your partner. Your partner mm-hmm. understands you. You're clear from tangible experience your partner understands you, and your partner has tangible experience that you understand them. hmm this allows you to blend your various viewpoints, strategies, cre- creativity, etc., in ways that create solutions to problems as they occur.
3: Mm. So
2: when you understand each other, the more you understand each other, the more you'll be able to deal with the un- 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 um, unexpected the shocks and surprises and eliminate them as well. Mm-hmm. So that's um, making agreements. The second part is planning. Now, as you make agreements, you want to plan on how you're going to fulfill those agreements, or what needs to to be in place, or whatever. So, planning keeps shock and surprise from creating emotional turmoil. We can't prevent all breakdowns from happening, but we can be mentally and emotionally prepared for the unexpected or undesired. You have to at least see what there is to plan even if you don't have a complete business plan for everything that can go wrong in your relationship. For instance, you may want to agree on who's in charge of what and when, meaning.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Let's say, you know, your guy is in charge of driving, but if he's sick, you step in and drive. But normally he's the one in charge of driving. You know, and it mm-hmm. could be that you're the one in charge of managing your money, but he does have some say-so in it. And there's be some times you're like, you know what, honey, your turn. You got to have to handle it. So you need okay. to know who's in charge of you, you, say it again. Yeah,
3: please. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> you need to know who's in charge of what, and when they're in charge. Because if they're in charge all the time, but there's some times when they can't handle it because they've got something that won't allow them to, then you're in charge. Somebody got to be in charge.
3: Mhm.
2: So you need to have a fundamental understanding of it. Assume, assumptions will kill the planning part. So um, you may want to get insurance for the things that you have no control over. You may want to get a list, have a list of emergency numbers uh, to contact people when needed. Think ahead, because like in business, if you plan to fail, I mean, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Now, the good thing is the longer you're together, the longer your planning structure is likely to grow, and the bigger it's likely to grow, which is a good thing. And then the third of these things First is making agreements Second is planning Third is commitment Clear commitment Clear commitment supports and ensures That the first two items above Will be taken care of Regardless of circumstances As long as it's within the realm Of what's possible for human beings Commitment ain't going to keep you From getting hit by a meteorite You know what I'm saying (laughs) That's not in the realm of what human beings can handle right now. But under most circumstances, commitment supports and ensures that the planning and the making agreements apart will be taken care of regardless of circumstances. People who are committed can move mountains. People who can move mountains can be trusted to make things up in the face of breakdowns that weren't even thought of before the breakdown. They operate as, I'll say that again, good. People, People who can move mountains, let me see, let me start from here. People who are committed can move mountains. People who can move mountains can be trusted to make things up in the face of breakdowns that weren't even thought of before the breakdown. They operate as someone in charge of their own destiny, the opposite of a victim of circumstances. In addition, communication, I mean, excuse me, commitment communicates love to those on the receiving end of that commitment. So I'm now, I never did this before
3: here, yeah.
2: but right now I'm going to introduce you to a concept I call the eight levels of commitment. You
3: okay. ready? Yep. Yeah. Yes.
2: I'm glad this, this is being recorded because I'm not going to write it down. It's extra, but okay. here we go. So. I'm going to make it dramatic and brief. So imagine you're in office, you're in an office and you're on a mm-hmm. conference call and mm-hmm. about 20 feet away from you, there's a piece of paper on the floor and a walkway where people are walking. Mm-hmm. And it's bothering you that this piece of paper is on the floor, but you can't get up right now to go do something about it. Mm-hmm. So you're waiting for somebody to walk by so you can point out the piece of paper on the floor and then they'll do something about it hopefully, right? So uh-huh. Here's the eight different ways people will deal with this piece of paper on the floor. So the first person walks by, you'll be like, can you pick up that piece of paper on the floor, please? And they don't hear you. They don't see the piece of paper. They keep walking. Mm-hmm. They're, clu- they're clueless. That's the first level of commitment. No commitment. <laughs> they're clueless. They didn't even ignore you. They just didn't even notice you were hear you. Like, 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 they don't know that they don't know, right? That's the first level. Okay. Second level. Second person walks by hey, can you pick up that piece of paper on the floor, please? And they turn around and say, what, are well, you crazy, man? I ain't doing that. Get out of here. And they wave their hand at you and walk away. that That mm-hmm. is that is that that is called rebellion. Really, it's like, screw you. They're throwing their middle finger at you. But at least they're straight about it, you know?
3: hmm
2: The second, uh, no, excuse me, level number three. Hey, can you pick up that piece of paper on the floor, please? And guy, so the guy girl says, yeah, I." And they pick up the piece of paper on the floor, but they throw it somewhere else where you can't see it. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: That's called sabotage. That's like invisible, fuck you, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. You know, it's hard to see those people. But yeah. but they exist. So you need to know they exist. The fourth person, hey, can you pick up that piece of paper on the floor, please? And these guys, they'd be like, uh, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to lunch right now, and I don't want to get my hands dirty. And, you know, just before I go to lunch, I got to talk to my boss. I don't want to be late, now. I got lots of excuses. Those people are referred to as hesitant. <laughs> on a scale okay. of one to ten in the world of commitment, the first three was zero. This guy of world is a one. Okay. They finally got on the scale of commitment, even though it's just a one. It's like almost nothing. <laughs> But they're at least willing to have, at least willing to say something, defend themselves or something. Otherwise, uh-huh. the other ones be like, then they don't want even talking, they leave you alone. Yeah. So that's 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 level number four. Level number five. Next, the fifth person walks by. Hey, can you pick up that piece of paper on the floor, please?
3: Oh sure, I'll do that. Anything else?
2: And they throw the piece of paper away and they smile at you like,
3: yay, I'll do that.
2: No, I'm sorry. No, that's that's level six. My bad. That's level okay. six. Level, level five is, because okay, I don't want to tell you what the title for level six is yet until I tell you what level five okay. is. So, it's level five. Fifth person walks by.
3: Hey, could you pick up that piece of paper out of love, please?
2: And he says, yeah, They pick up the piece of paper and they throw it away and they keep walking. That person is compliant. They're just complying. They're not really committed, but they will comply. They will go along with. That's okay. what they are. You can't expect them to commit because they're not doing anything beyond whatever it is you just ask them to do. They com- uh-huh. they're, they're compliant. Uh, the sixth one, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Anything else. That person is known as a, um, how do you call it? That person is known as a uh, good soldier.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Good soldier is somebody who who's smiley-faced, and they're happy. And they're not any more committed than a compliant person, but they want you to think well of them. They want you to like them. They want you to think that they're committed. Matter of fact, they don't even know that they're not committed, but they're not committed. They're complying, and they're hoping that their body language and their way they interact with you will give them more credit than their actions, because they don't want to do nothing either. Mm -hmm. So they're... You know, you've got you know, plenty of people that are like, oh, I'll play with you, even though they won't do anything besides whatever you tell them to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Those are good soldiers. Level seven. Before you can say, could you pick up this piece of paper on the floor, person walks by, they sees the piece of paper on the floor, they pick it up and they throw it away. Keep moving. This person is um, responsible. What's the term that I use? Um, responsible is part of it, but it's like um, they are generative, self-generating. These people are committed up to the point of the law. They will do anything within the law to make things happen, and they don't need to be told what to do.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So before you can even say anything, they pick up the piece of paper on the floor and you're like, ah, now you can concentrate on your conference call again, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the eighth person, uh, the eighth person, um, you'll be like, "Before you can say anything, they were like, "Wait a minute, there's a piece of paper on the floor here." How does piece of paper got on the floor? How come there's not a garbage can over here? Is there a videotape? We want to see who dropped this piece of paper on the floor. And by the way, what about other places? Where's the other garbage cans? Is there any other piece of paper on the floor anywhere? This person is way beyond committed, really. This person is an owner. This person will break the laws to make things happen. This person is fully committed, as in this shall be like me when I had my hand raised up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's that person. Nobody had to tell me to do that. And nobody was going to stop me from not doing it. Nobody's going to stop me from doing it.
3: Uh-huh.
2: So I was an owner in that moment, in that meeting. And um, those are the eight levels of commitment. So uh- you want to be with somebody that's at least number seven. Right. At least they're going to do everything within the law. And they're going to honor their word. Under any circumstances They just may not be conscious enough to change the circumstances But they're mm-hmm. at least gonna At least they're gonna go everything within the circumstances Permissible And they might get creative But they won't like rebel and You know shut down the world And like that You know you, you would prefer to have somebody like that But if you don't have that You need to at least have somebody who's self-generating
3: Right Okay.
2: And, um, and so that's the way of being You want to have in your philosophical agreement. You want that kind of commitment in your relationship to making and keeping agreements and taking care of the business side of the relationship. Does that communicate?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. What are you hearing at?
0: Um, I hardly know anybody who's a seven or an 8 <laughs> in my real life, And I I Sometimes try to be eight, and when everyone around me is being like, you know, a one, two, three kind of person. Yes. I usually end up giving up because I end up making them wrong, as opposed to figuring out some other way to do the thing. Because I just
3: can't.
0: Mm. Up being like, I just can't believe people are just so like uncaring, like selfish, whatever. Um. So I usually end up acting like seven.
3: I kinda moaned
2: about it. Yeah. Well, now you know why <clears throat> um, you know, you've been resisting relationships because you're looking for a seven and eight, not conscious that, that, that that's what it is exactly specifically you're looking for.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And you're not being a seven or eight either. You're being you know, like a uh you're like between a four and a six.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but
2: but um, because you don't believe enough in yourself and enough in the concept of relationships to be a seven or an eight. Uh mm-hmm. So that's a huge blind spot to be removed right there and there
3: Uh mm-hmm. huh. Yeah. Because
2: if somebody who's a seven or an eight, you know, if they say they're in,
3: <laughs>
2: get out of their way before they run you over because they're in. <laughs> <laughs> You know, somebody's so excited that they, like, you know, they, they don't want to be the, the one to run out of, like, you playing uh, uh, musical chairs? Yeah. <laughs> I ain't going to be the one without a chair. Fuck that, right? <laughs> so, you know, you want somebody that's like that, you know? Yeah. And you want to be clear about, the, clear about the agreements that you make and then clear about the level of commitment that they have to themselves, to you, the relationship. In life in general yeah. you know what I mean? so um, all right, great, so things that need structural support and, and by the way, you know, in this piece, I say you know commitment I'll, I'll um communicate that in addition, communicate communicate love to those on the receiving end of that commitment. you can see that now, right. Yeah. Yet. So, the things that need structural support I'm going to run off probably by half of them Money, health and fitness Sex, timing, synchronicity uh, Housekeeping, food, sleep, social circles Everything, really
1: mm-hmm. Feel
2: free to add to this list as it comes up for you Both now and in the future Because the more, the longer you're together, the more you're going to have things to agree upon. You just will. And the more agreements you make, the more solid um, agreements you'll be able to make in the future when you make the original agreements solid enough. They'll be solid enough to build, like, like, the, like the basement is solid enough to build the first floor, and the first floor mm-hmm. is solid enough to build the second floor. So as you make agreements, you know, your life is going to change. Your your focus is going to change on stuff, but you're still going to need to have your life work. So this mm-hmm. is why this is so important. Okay. So here's where it gets really freaking ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the reason why this is the most, this is, this is the reason why relationships get complicated. Here, right here. The biggest impact of structural breakdowns is that it impacts both men and women where it hurts them the most.
3: Uh
2: Let me say that again. The biggest impact of structural breakdowns is that it impacts both men and women where it hurts them the very, very most. Men feel unsuccessful and women feel unsafe and insecure. It goes right to the heart of what matters most to each of us in the most negative ways, this makes it an emotional drain on the relationship. There's a breakdown. I failed to keep that breakdown from happening. You're not protecting me. And that's how come that's the way the arguments end up going, even though they don't use those terms. Mm-hmm. You can see that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then that becomes a communication breakdown. Because they're having two different conversations even though they're using the same words, right?
1: hmm And
2: it's a gender differences problem because they don't recognize that the reason why they're having a miscommunication a communication problem around this, around this structural problem is because they don't understand gender differences enough to be able to straighten out the languaging. So now you've got a third problem. And now, before, now the next thing is you get all uptight and emotional about the whole thing.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: So now you got a fourth problem. (laughs) I'm uptight because you don't understand me, and so that's why communication sucks, and this is why there's a breakdown is such a problem for the whole relationship. So when you get a a breakdown in a relationship, you usually have four problems happening all at the same time. And this is the reason why breakdowns, structural and other breakdowns, because they don't have to just be structural. Mm-hmm. Uh, make relationships look So complicated mm. Because if you handle the communication Issue you still got the breakdown you still got the Emotions you still got the gender difference problem And if you didn't handle those things they're going to be A problem again in the future right. mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah Good. In addition Structural workability doesn't add to the quality of relationships because that's how it should be, right? Mm-hmm. But, but structural unworkability takes away from the quality of relationships. Everyone expects things to work, so we don't get extra points for doing things, having things go on as planned. Very few of us thank God every day for oxygen,
3: but <laughs> it would be
2: an immediate, <laughs> permanent breakdown if there was no oxygen. If there was no oxygen, structural breakdowns have the same impact on relationships. So you've got to take care of the structure and take the emotions out so you have the clarity to be able to deal with your partner the way your partner is, and have your partner deal with you the way you are. Take the emotions out of it and then communicate clearly on how to create your relationship and, and handle the situations that come up as they come up in a loving, constructive, workable ways. If you don't, okay. if you don't, know, if you don't know how to do that, then you're just waiting for the next problem to come in and crush y'all. So, mm-hmm. structural workability is to relationships what operations, the operation department is to a business. Without it, how can you expect it to run? Really,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you got to be in the it All right, so let me see uh, what you're getting out of this to this point. What are you What are you hearing? Insights uh,
0: that I I don't know really anybody who um, thinks this through in a logical way. Like I know people who have agreements about who's doing what, but it's kind of like it happens on the fly. Yep. Um, which is how it would have worked for me or how it works for me now. I don't think, like, way ahead of time and say this thing, then that thing. It's just, like, at that second in time, it's like, okay, we need to do something right now, and then, like, people pick a plan and go with it, but it's not like anyone thought it out ahead of time. Yeah. And even, like, with people who, you know, like, one of my of friends live a couple blocks from me, and you know they've been married for like a gazillion years—forty-something like years, I imagine—and like, I don't even hear in their discussion that things are planned out like that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's sort of like, well, this thing happened, and now we're going to do X, Y, Z, and they—they they change their plans, and they're flexible, and they do end up working with each other. But it's not—it's always seems like it's happening in the moment.
3: Yeah.
0: And it appears to work, but I don't know what maybe the discussions are when I'm not around, but on the face right. it appears to work. And that's how um, that's how I feel like I handle my relationships with people. It's like in that moment, it's not an agreement that is there.
2: Right. And yeah.
0: That's it's like a little scary, but then i I'm sitting here thinking, like, how would I even have that conversation with some people you know, and who who would I start with you know to to try to learn to do that in my life
2: yeah so um what do I want to say about that so um I'm gonna teach you how you can go about it most profoundly and most completely, and you may or may not be able to go there with the person that yeah. you're with, but you'll have this as a structure, a tool um, in order to be able to go there. So we're going to cover okay. that in, in, in a minute, okay? okay. So, um, so I got what you're saying, though, too, yeah. So what happens is people that's been married for, for, for decades and happy with each mm-hmm. other, Mm-hmm. They make agreements and they know who's in charge of what and when. They just never wrote it down.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They kind of like learned it on the fly because they're more committed to being together than they were and making each other wrong for not knowing how to think the other way, the, the way the other one thinks. Mm-hmm. And so they figured out, you know, like in like in session two about gender differences, how to work best with the opposite sex. They figured that out. Mm-hmm. They just kind of worked their way through it until they got to the other side of it, you know. Mm -hmm. um they learn how to manage emotions by like hey listen you know we don't got to get emotional about this thing because this thing keeps happening i keep seeing you do it i can predict almost when you're going to lose your mind so i'm gonna let you lose your mind i'll be i'll be here when you come back you know what i'm saying (laughs) you've seen that before right yeah (laughs) it's so adorable you know like oh my god Gina lost her mind. I'm gonna sit here until she finished. I'm gonna watch TV. And when she comes back, she'll say, Oh honey, thank you for leaving me alone while I was angry at you. Like, right? So they come across that by that way. And so they've learned how to work with each other. They've learned how to make agreements, but they've learned how to do those things on the fly as opposed to intentionally. You know what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm. It was
2: not it was not intentional, but they, they fell across the formula.
3: hmm
2: Um, but they never did what I'm about to talk about in a minute, which is to consciously create their relationship. They, they never actually did that. Uh, so we're going to talk about how to consciously create your relationship. If you don't consciously create it, you don't unconsciously create you or create a self. And you might okay. not You know what I mean? So, um, but the reason why they're able to stay together in addition to their love for each other is because they both know who they are and they can see who their partner is. That's the basis of it. And they both have pretty much the same highest aspiration for being in a relationship together. If they did not, they couldn't stand it.
3: Uh-huh.
2: So, but they came across that through trial and error through, you know, being in the game
3: and being uh-huh. committed
2: to being committed to being in the game. So, uh, so I share that with you, um, uh-huh. just to say that. So, all right, good. So, um, yeah, this is the most complicated of all of it, in spite of the fact that gender differences seem like it's more complicated. But the mm-hmm. gender differences complicates the structural and other breakdowns. <laughs> if it was just we didn't do the math in the, in the in the in the tracking of the statistics. If it was just that, that would be easy. Mm-hmm. And Then then you add in the emotions which triggers you and makes you do stuff you can say stuff you don't want to do or say or not going to help. You know, and then then you know you hit people in the, wrong, in the spots that, that 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 you know like that, and you, you don't talk clearly because you're not even conscious of the fact that you're not clear about it. This mm-hmm. is where relationships get complicated, because you got so many problems that come in. But see, when you understand the five different biggest problems in a relationship, you can address all five of them at the same time, maybe not in the same way. But you mm-hmm. got to resolve all of the problems in order for you to get back to happiness, love, and doing your favorite things with your favorite person in your favorite places.
3: Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So how you handle this is you got to consciously create your relationships. In order to do this effectively, in other, in other words, in order to consciously create your relationship effectively, one would need to be on top of a number of things, number one. Understand and recognize the impact your ways of being, speaking, and acting have on your partner and the relationship. This means you'll have to be fully responsible for how things are going, and be emotionally strong enough to look yourself in the mirror and tell the truth about who you've been being. The best way, mm-hmm. the best way, yeah, because we do stuff and then we wonder how come our, our partner acts the way that uh, they do but they acting that way because how you was acting. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you are not acting right then they are going to, you know. That's how it that goes. So, you know, being a landmark graduate, you can you deal with that. Mhm. Um, but most folks ain't been landmark, you know.
3: Right. And
0: they um, go, "What do you mean? What do you mean? They, it was." Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, um Yeah, so um, the best way to accomplish what I just said is to be objective, open-minded, and curious. The last thing you want to be is closed-minded, skeptical, or judgmental, because those mindsets will blind you to reality, making people think that reality they think is happening is the real reality, or they twist their thinking to feel comfortable with some reality they made up. Good luck with Uh that. Number two, uh, be able to predict the reactions of your partner as well as yourself for the most part. For example, if you notice that a body massage makes your partner happy depending on how happy it makes them, Mm -hmm. use, use it to the fullest benefit of the relationship. In other words, when you can see that the happiness that comes from it will benefit and contribute most to the relationship, such as when they can't get out of a bad mood, Helping uh-huh. them make up, helping them make up after an upset, or as foreplay before the real play, uh-huh. you should do it then. Spontaneous acts of generosity, affection, or service work really well. But you know, being able to predict the reactions of your partner, so the things you see that that will work, you should do those more of those. The things you see don't work, you should do less of them, or, or cut it out altogether. That you guys uh-huh. notice what's working and what's not working, rather than feel bad because it didn't work, and then don't even notice that you did it again because you didn't even notice why it didn't work. You just were so uh-huh. busy. That's one of the reasons why people have such a hard time learning about a relationship. They feel so bad about the fact that they failed that they don't see how they could stop doing it.
3: Uh-huh.
2: You know, one of the things that I do is if I get angry, I don't, I almost never, I got to the point where I almost never let anger, anger take me over.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: what I will do is I'll say, okay, how could I use this energy to learn how to never be this angry about this thing ever again?
3: Right.
2: I use the energy to help me learn as opposed to something else.
3: hmm
2: So, um, you know, I'm saying that so you can do that for yourself. Number two, number three. So number one is understand, you know, your impact on your partner in a relationship. Number two is to recognize Uh, what works and what doesn't with your partner. Number three is to consciously pay attention to your two main love languages and the two main love languages of your partner. It'll tell you tons about how to take care of and predict how they'll react to things in their relation. And then number four um, is you need to keep present and be responsible for the fact, we said it again, you need to keep present, be conscious of, and be responsible for the fact that you love your partner. You cannot forget that you love your partner. It's what you've always wanted and always will want. You've got to keep that present and conscious. It's so important to be conscious in your relationship. You need to be conscious of you and how you do things, your partner, and the space in between called the relationship. This is that area where people finally realize how much they actually don't know who they are because they begin to realize there's so much they don't know, ever thought of questions or missed about themselves or other people. This is why I created the relationship charter. (laughs) Yes, I created a relationship charter and i am going to explain it to you in a minute. Mhm.
3: Uh-huh. And this
2: and this is the last part of the of, of this session. Because okay. you want to you want to you want to consciously create your relationship and you want to know how to deal with structural and other breakdowns. So you actually got to understand and be on the same page with your partner. Mhm. Uh-huh. So, um most businesses most uh-huh. business entities in in order to stay on target and stay successful create a business plan. Mhm.
3: Uh-huh. This is
2: the business side of the relationship, right? There's the baby part and there's the business part. This is the business part we talk about here, okay? Mm -hmm. Inside the plan is their mission statement, vision, purpose, and principles. Um, This keeps them present to why they exist and how they plan to continue to exist. Relationships can benefit from the same structures, which is why I'm including the relationship charter for you now. A relationship charter is really a combination of two – personal life charters. Each partner fills out their own personal life charter. Then they get together and merge blend the best parts of their personal life charters into their relationship charter. So you got to know who you are first well enough to be able to create a relationship charter with your partner. So I'm going to describe to you the relationship charter. Um, And then I'm going to describe to you a personal life charter. Okay. Um, And before I do that, I'm going to explain to you why I created it.
3: Okay.
2: So I I created it as a defensive mechanism (laughs) (laughs) in 2002 Uh because uh, I had left Landmark, wasn't around any personal development-minded people,
3: Uh and
2: uh, moved to North Carolina after the World Trade Center incident. Uh-huh. And while I was down there, like I said, there was nobody down there, so I needed some structures to help me figure out how to survive and not go backwards. huh Like, uh-huh. I was, uh, the term that I used was I was worried about having my brain eat me alive.
0: Oh, gosh.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you get, you, you know, I was doing so good with my personal development, and all of a sudden I got nobody around, and then my bad habits would come back to haunt me. Uh-huh. I did not want that. Like, oh, hell no, we're not doing that. So I did a few things. One, I meditated on a regular basis. That's when I really started to meditate. Before then, I really wasn't much of a meditator. Uh-huh. Um, I was reading conversations with God, so that helped me a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I remember saying to myself, man, I wish I could talk to God like Neil Donald Walls does. Man. Uh-huh. And then um, I also uh, watched videos that inspired me. So I watched uh, Driving This Daisy a lot. I watched uh, A Beautiful Mind a lot. I watched uh, 8 Mile by Eminem. You familiar with that movie? Mm
0: -hmm. No.
2: Yeah, so you you familiar with the rapper Eminem? Yes. Yeah, so he had a movie out, you know, around the turn of the century uh, called 8 Mile. That was the town that he lived in. Well, that was the area he lived in, in Detroit, in the uh, Michigan area. And it was about his, his transition into being a successful rapper. It was like a week it was an, it was a week in the life of him being a rapper and it was an amazing movie amazing movie it was inspirational uh because hes he was he was horrible but by the end he had became you know he overcame his own weaknesses like in a moment of uh, whatnot so um and the moment took a while to come to 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 you know focus on that moment but anyhow it was an inspiration i also watched um groundhog day that was another one- mm-hmm. Groundhog Day was awesome, oh, my God, Um, because, um, you know, it's like, you know, you you keep living your life until you get it right. (laughs) So so I watched movies that inspired me. It was more, but I watched movies that inspired me. That was the second thing I did. Um, The third thing I did was um, uh, I had calls, conference calls, weekly conference calls with four people up in New York. Uh, mm-hmm. two of them, two them, two of them were people I was coaching. One of them was coaching me and one of them was a peer of mine. Like we was on the same page. So we talked every week.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That, was, that was, that was peaceful. And then, um, I had created this thing. Um, this book that I carried around was, a, was a, a book of distinctions. I called mm-hmm. it, I called it Tony's treasure chest. Okay. And, um, yeah, and I got the concept from this book that I read. It was called uh, "It Is Called uh, the Greatest Salesman in the World" by this guy named Og Mandino. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but, um, I've
0: heard of it. I didn't yeah. ever read
2: it. Oh. Yeah, it's an awesome book. Oh my god! Um, bottom line is, he talked about the the, the power of um, self teaching, self discipline, and um, so I decided I was going to create a, a collection of distinctions and i was going to walk around with it when i was, I was selling furniture
3: mm-hmm. and
2: so um i walked around with my treasure chest of of distinctions so i had the old model and the new model of communication i had the way the landmark form works in there i had some statements from, from some sales trainings in there i had a bunch of stuff like that so then when that out i outgrew that i set wrote a second and a third book and then mm-hmm. um um and then eventually, I just started collecting them and put them on my computer because the notebook wasn't going to be able to hold it all. Um, mm-hmm. And it's true because my, my computer is like loaded with distinctions. I've been collecting collecting distinctions since two thousand and one. <laughs> wow.
3: wow.
2: Yeah, that's how I'm so smart because I've been collecting distinctions since two thousand and one. You know. So, and then started creating them like two thousand and four. Anyhow, um, so. As a result of walking around with Tony's treasure chest, I also remembered as a staff member that we used to um, read at that time uh, the Landmark Education's 2020 Charter. That's what the document was called. Right now it's like the reason for the existence of the Enterprise.
3: Uh-huh.
2: you familiar with that one, right? Mm-hmm.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, so before then, before they reinvented the Enterprise in 2008, 2007, 2008, um, they uh, had this document called the Landmark Education 2020 Charter, which was created, I think, in 1997 or 1998. So we would read that in the morning to get started, and then we would also read it whenever somebody who assisted on our team was getting started. We'd read it together and then help them create their day, their assistant agreement for the day. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I liked it. It kept me grounded pretty well, but I was like, I don't have that anymore, so I want to create my own thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't I also said but I don't want to copy Landmark's thing. I mean I want to do my own thing. I don't Copy this stuff. So mm-hmm. um so I said, Well, what other document out there exists that's as strong strongly put together as as powerful the words of the of the document, is as powerful as landmark's words. And then I said oh, the Declaration of Independence. Oh my God. So I went and bought a book. The Declaration of Independence and in the United States Constitution. <laughs> it was like 120 pages or something like that. And mm-hmm. this lady, and this lady had created – had had rather than talk about the the the, um, the Declaration itself, she talked about the mindsets, the consciousness, the circumstances, the history of creating it, how it got created in the first place. So I ended up reading it, and I was like so inspired that between the landmark education's 2020 charter and the mm-hmm. Declaration of Independence. I created the personal life charter, and I had one other thing too that I actually added to it—at least some of it—was um, Landmark had this program called the uh, Communication Performance and Power, otherwise known as the CPP,
3: mm-hmm. and they
2: used they use structures to capture and utilize uh, communication. So between the three of those things, I came up with this concept called communication. I mean the the personal life charter, and then um, when I got when I got married my second time in two thousand and four. Mm -hmm. I had my personal life charter, but my wife didn't even know nothing about that. I was like, honey, our our relationship is kind of on the horrible side, so um, how about if we create a relationship charter? She was not enrolled, and then I created the structure. I filled out my part. She laughed at it and did nothing. She just ignored it completely. Yeah, that did not help. That did not help, I'll tell you that. But now you know what's funny. She's what's funny is now we're we're really great friends. <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
2: <laughs> we're great friends, and she's at session five. She just finished session five of Happily Ever After herself. I'm her, I'm her relationship coach. <laughs> yeah, imagine right your 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 ex your ex one of your ex wives your ex wife is or your ex husband, uh, your ex spouse, is is now your relationship coach right? That's hilarious, <laughs> but.
3: I think it's you know, great.
2: I think, I think so great. too. <laughs> yeah. So um I wanted to give you the background of the personal life charter and a relationship charter, okay?
0: Wow. Oh, you're a very smart
2: person, by the way. Thank you. I like being smart. It used to be my strong suit, now mm-hmm. it's both my strong suit and a self expression. Mhm. But it started out as a strong suit, no question about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, so let me t- explain to you first the relationship charter, and then I'll explain to you the personal life charter.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what? Never mind. i want to do it the other way around. Hold on
3: a second. Okay. I'm going to do the uh, personal life charter first.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. about it for now. Okay. Do, 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 do. Pulling up on my computer. Come on, wake up. Wake
2: up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed back with thinking thinking ahead so. <laughs> I don't know if you know that song, but
3: Mm-mm.
2: yeah, it was by uh teddy uh uh Teddy Pendergrass, who was a big time uh speaker no, no big time <laughs> singer he was one of those uh how they call him uh uh crooners he was like <laughs> he was a superstar um in the 70s and 80s. Uh-huh. Um, you heard some of his songs. You just may not have heard that one.
3: But, uh, here we go. Come on now. Take this time. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> Stop.
2: All uh, stuff. Okay, great. It is open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So um, I'm going def- to tell you these uh, – I'm going to say what these different sections are, and then I'm going to go back and ex- describe them a little bit. Okay. So in the uh, personal life charter, you're going to – and this is your assignment, by the way. Okay. Your assignment is to fill out your personal life charter. Okay. Um. You want to do it as completely and as thoroughly as possible. So, um, in order is who I am. Like you're going to describe who I am, like at your highest level. Uh, second is you're going to describe your purpose in life. Uh, third is your mission in life. Your pur- your mission. Your purpose is why you have the mission. Like your mission is to fulfill your purpose. But you got to know what the what your purpose is, and then how you're going to fulfill it, which is the mission. Uh, Fourth is the principles you live your life by. So, you know, you could use what you got from session one to do this. Number five is uh, the many expressions of who I am, like the various hats you wear in life throughout the day uh, and throughout your life. Number six is my self-realization tools, the tools that make you at your best or help you improve you to be your best. Uh, Your life focus. That's the filter that you decide you want to look at life through. And I'll tell more about that. That one was one of the things that blew my mind. That's completely uh-huh. original. Um, then I have something I call it the Bucket List series. These are things that are um, that, you know is your vision for your life. so um, you, want to just, you want to have a vivid description of your wealth, your family, your home life, and um, your intended outcomes, which is anything else that's not a part of either wealth, family, home life is uh, what I tell, what I refer to as your intended outcomes. Your intended mm-hmm. outcomes is your bucket list. You know what a bucket list is, right? hmm Yeah. So you want to have things on your bucket list. So let me take it from the top. And I'm going to email this to you so you'll have it. All right? Mm-hmm. So um, the definition, who you are. This is your highest, simplest definition of who you are. You know, you can use the – I recommend you use – the mindset of who you are as a possibility, but, like, your highest possibility. Like, you declaring who you are as a possibility. So, but, like, not for this instance or this time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's more like, who am I really? So who I am is love and enlightenment. And everything I do is a reflection of both. At least I'm using it as my example, but also... Like I feel most connected to the to those parts of the universe.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I feel most connected to enlightenment, education, information, and I feel most connected to love. Out of all the principles and possibilities out there, and you know I'm I'm connected to more. I just I'm most connected to those, and I declared that that's why I was born to deliver that to the planet. Make sense. Mm-hmm. So you want to have that relationship to yourself because. Having that relationship to yourself makes it way easier to choose the right guys because, oh, they're not connected to that. They don't understand that. They're not, ooh. And by you being clear about who you are from this perspective, it makes it even easier for you to define how you make a difference because I know making a difference is your highest aspiration for being in a relationship, if I remember correctly. Is that right?
3: Mm Mm-hmm, yeah.
2: Yeah, so now this is going to help you figure out how you're going to make a difference, or at least why you want to make a difference. So you want to know who you are fundamentally above all else. The next is your purpose. So my my purpose is um, to leave the planet better than I found it by connecting people to their life purpose and then fulfilling it, helping them fulfill it. That's my highest purpose. I don't know anything greater than that for me. Like for me, if I'm able to do that, I save humanity. Especially when you look at the mess we got around here now. People totally don't know not. who they are. They don't understand information. It's like, they, nah. I got to straighten that out all it And I'm and I'm on I'm on the case with that. Uh, I'm, I'm invisible. Nobody's interrupting me, so I can do it. Uh, it's gonna come out in books. At least start out with books, and then we'll take it from there. So, anyhow, that's my purpose. Mm-hmm. My mission. My mission is to. Um, Have the planet, like, save the planet from itself. I actually haven't really put words in it because I need to to upgrade it. But, like, really, my mission is to save the planet from itself. That's the best way to say it. Okay. So save humanity from itself, something like that. I actually, you know what, I realized, I I did say I wanted to upgrade it because I first did this in 2002, and Uh I had to change it a few times. But anyhow, I just want to give you, like, a sense of, like, what you could do with yours, okay?
3: Yeah.
2: So now, the principles that you live your life by, um, you want to put those down. So I'll tell you most of the ones I can remember for myself. So there's love, responsibility, mm-hmm. um, um, wisdom, power, meaning the power to handle myself, not power over anybody else, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, uh, generosity, curiosity. Um, accuracy, workability, and um, doing complete work, completion. Um, Those are the ones that I can remember off the top of my head. But those are the ones that I – I don't just say that those are the principles I live my life by. No, those are like my instruments to tell me where I'm at in life or how I'm doing in life. Uh Uh-huh. You know, like those are like my metrics. Those are my quality control standards. If I was building a car, it would need to meet those nine things I just said plus the other ones I didn't. In wow. order for me to say, okay, that car, okay, that car is a goal. Make sense? Yeah. Okay, so why'd you say, wow? I like that, by the way.
0: Because nobody thinks of stuff like this in their life when they're just going along. Nobody. Like, not even me. And even though I would like to say that I thought of it and I I was that aware, I wasn't even. And I wanted to be. Yes. It's like and just wanting to be is like the thing you don't know that you don't know. Or you know you don't know something but you have no clue how to find it or define it or do anything with it. And I could have gone on till like age ninety three and never got this in my own head by myself. Yep. Yeah. So yeah now it's
2: scary at the same time. Yeah, got it. This is why I say people just don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah, like, I have
0: no clue who I am right
2: now. <laughs> yeah. But you but you have total access to it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if I'm you, if I'm you, I I I create a burning desire to want to complete this. If I'm you.
0: Uh yes. Yes,
2: exactly. So now, here's one of the main gifts I've said this before, but I think you're actually going to hear it now for the first time, really. Okay. You do this, and you'll be able to start seeing who people are. You'll be able to start seeing through people. Not everybody, every single time,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but you won't be confused by who people are. When they start showing themselves, you won't be confused. You'll be like, oh, damn, I wasn't expecting that, but you won't be confused. You'll be like, uh-huh. oh, that's, they just showed me another part of it." <laughs> you'll be uh-huh. like, damn but you'll know how they're going to act in the future by knowing what principles they live their life by. Uh, Because they don't know that they're consciously, they're unconsciously living their life by those principles that they have decided that they are going to align themselves with their values, uh not knowing that they're using those values as their quality control tool to get through life. Mm-hmm. Everybody's doing it. They just haven't chosen the ones that they really want to be with, and the ones that most suit them,
3: mm-hmm. their
2: purpose and their mission.
3: Wow. You know, so
2: so for you, one of your one of your guiding principles have been has been um, uh, has been safety and security, and, and trying mm-hmm. to avoid failure. Those are some of the principles you've been living your life by. That's been controlling you hmm there's been your quality control principles. So now you can choose some that actually work, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that serve your highest purpose. I hate to fail, but failure and success is not a part of it. Maybe I mm-hmm. should put success as a result or something there, but uh, but it's not because these other things are more important to me than that. Mhm. So, anyhow, so those are the Those are the um, principles that you want to identify
3: to live your life by.
2: Next. The many expressions of who you are. This is powerful because you need to know who you are. So I'm a mom. I'm a daughter. I'm an employee. I'm a writer. I'm a whatever. You want to write as many of them, identify as many of them as possible because You'll be able to see if you'll be able to express yourself in those relationships that way or not. Then you know you'll be able to know who you are more. I'm a I'm a I'm a clothing hoarder. I love clothing. or Whatever, right? Whatever. Mm-hmm. The hats the hats that you wear, the actions that you take, are going to be inside of some definition of who you are. So you want to identify them. You know, for me, I'm a learner. I'm a student. I'm a coach. I'm a dad. I'm a uncle. I'm a nephew. I am um, um, a speaker, a writer, um, a karaoke slut. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I want to come to that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, great, great. Listen, because I'm not too bad. I'm I'm a, I'm an okay singer. People are surprised that I'm actually not bad.
0: You okay, know, like sign, sign me up for
2: that. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: That would be
2: fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am totally carrying a character slut, especially if they got Motown. They got Motown songs. Oh, forget uh-huh. it. I am Marvin Gaye. I am The Temptations. I'm the Four Tops. I am Motown. <laughs> a Motown and old school rap. I'm gonna be those. You, somebody, you need to have at least two microphones because I'm gonna hold one, and then everybody else use the other one. You know, that's like me. Right? I know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a comedian. You know, I'm like I tell people that I'm like, eighty percent, seventy-five to eighty percent coaching,
3: ten
2: mm-hmm. percent uh, comedy, and um, and then the other part is learning. About probably like mm-hmm. ten, 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 fifteen percent learning, seventy-five percent uh, uh, coaching, training, teaching, and then ten um, percent uh, is I'm telling jokes. You know, I, I love if I'm not learning, I want to I want to laugh. So, one of those others. So, like, I know, you know, the various hats that I wear. And I also know what I call my self-realization tools. So, I was kind of blending the both of those. But the hats mm-hmm. that I wear, you know, I know I'm going to be there. Sometimes I'm going to be a comedian. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I'm a supporter. You know, I support people and whatnot. And sometimes I'm a salesperson and, you know, I'm a creator and all of that stuff, right? So, you want to know... You look at your life and you say, oh, I do that. Oh, what else do I do? And see, when you first do this document, you want to do it as completely as possible because other things are going to come up and then you're going to evolve and then you're going to want to shift this as time goes on. This will be, when I shift mine, it'll be my fourth time upgrading it since I did it in 2002 um, mm-hmm. because I keep evolving time. So, um, you know, with your self-realization tools, it's like, how do you become more of who you really are? So, you know, education, inquiry, um, um, thought, word, and deed, um, you know, whatever you do, you probably got 20 or 30 ways that you become more evolved that you're not even present to. You probably got 20 or 30 different hats that you wear in life that you're not conscious of. So you want to think about, well, like, how are you you in your life, how are you functioning? Because when you do you this and your partner does this, now when you come mm-hmm. together with the relationship, um, the, the, with the relationship charter You have that fundamentally Philosophical agreement That allows you to make agreements All over the place I mean for example You know the hat you wear I'm a cook I'm a mom I'm a whatever right And your mm-hmm. husband Your boyfriend He's like That ain't I don't know, I'm gonna let you that? Li- 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 that's your thing Or I'm gonna support you in that Right mm-hmm. So You know You are How do I say Um you you could actually create a team, like the A-team. You, you remember the A-team, right?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, right? So uh, Mr. T, um, uh, I forget his name on the show, but he was the guy that created bombs and created weapons and created, you know, stuff, right? He was All the right. mechanic. He was the mechanic, bottom line. And then you had um, the crazy guy who was flying and, and did everything. He drove. He flew helicopters, planes, whatever, motorcycles, anything that was needed for travel. He was a travel guy. And you had Face. Face was, you know, the con man he'd get in, the infiltrator and all of that. And then you had, you know, the captain. And, uh, you know, he's the one to make all the plans.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? And they all had things that they could do at the same time, like they all could shoot and they all could run and they all could fight. But they each had their special gift, And so, you know, the best marriages, the best relationships have their version of that. Oh, man, I ain't messing with her. That's her thing. I'm going to get over here and do my thing. And she'd be like, I don't have no interest in that, but, you know, you go ahead. I'll wait for you when you're done or whatever, right? So, like, they could be be together and also be independent, and it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. So by knowing the different hats you wear in your life, you can start being more confident in your relationships that you join, because if they're not aligned with that, it's not something wrong with you. You are who you are. It's that they can't be with that or don't want to be with that. That's on them, not on you. Does that communicate?
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you always ground it no matter how things are going around you because just, you know, there's poison ivy and there's lettuce. And they kind of look alike. But they (laughs) eat the same. (laughs) I should actually say poison ivy and spinach, they look a lot alike, but they ain't the same. You know what I'm saying? And you need to know specifically what works for you and what don't. This is designed to help you do that. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um so between the many expressions of who you are and your self realization tools, your personal growth tools, um, you know, how you how you produce results if you even if you just went there. Um, you want to do that. Next is uh, the life focus. Your life mm-hmm. focus is, is about you choosing. This is profound, what I'm about to say. This is why I was, this was amazing for me. You want to choose the filter that you look at life through rather than operate inside of your default way of looking at life. Let me explain to you what I mean. So while I was in the process of creating this, one day spirit hit me when I was looking at my focus. Um, cuz i remember i was looking at i was i was pretty impressed with landmark's section called my focus in the 2020 charter that they had right mm-hmm. so i was looking at this and i was and all of a sudden spirit said these things and i wrote it down and i've been moved cuz i know i didn't come up with this but ever since i wrote it down mm-hmm. i've never i've never not been what i'm about to say you ready uh huh so this is the filter that i look at my life through which is uh, taking the high road, fully aware, expanding comfort zones, being transparent, holding the space of love. Wow. When I wrote, yeah, when I wrote that, I was like, "Wow, what the heck Where's it? Okay, <laughs> okay." But when I look at that, when I if I tell people that, that's like how I look at life. That's my default filter at looking at life they'll be like you know if they know me yeah, yeah that, that sounds like you <laughs> that sounds like you oh damn wow so that's the filter that I choose to look at life through particularly looking at people so I'm going to always take the high road as much as I can I'll always be fully aware I'm going to do my best to expand mine and other people's comfort zones. I'm going to be as transparent as it possibly can and make sense to do. And I'm going to hold the space of love. And I'm looking at, am I holding the space of love? Am I being transparent? Am I, you know, expanding comfort zones? Like, like that's how I'm looking rather than, you know, life is harsh or whatever. Mm -hmm. Whatever I had before then. So I'm inviting you to look at, if you was going to look at life from your highest perspective, like that'd be the filter that you look at life through, what would mm-hmm. you look at life? How would you look at life? And then you get a chance to put that down. And you can always shift it later. Mm-hmm. But that one, the one that the one that the creator gave me, I'm like, nah, I'll keep in that forever. I don't even know how to do better than that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like you creating your listening of life. So... Mm. Like, how you want to listen life as, how you want to listen to people as, this is what this is. Make sense? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Great. All right, next is, then, then is your bucket list series, which is your wealth, your family, your home life, and then your intended outcomes. So, you know, it's all about your wealth. You want to be fully self-expressed about your wealth, about your money, your, your relationship to money, wealth, mm-hmm. abundance. So if you say I wanna be I wanna be a trillionaire with have seven trillion dollars, fine, write that. Because uh-huh. that's that's what you want. It does your bucket list does not have to be realistic.
3: Okay.
2: You know, you know, you want to own two countries.
3: <laughs> fine, write that down.
2: <laughs> you know, like like don't allow your limitations to limit your vision about your wealth, your family, and your home life. When I talk about family, it could be it's part of the home life, but really like your entire family, you know, your mm-hmm. brothers and sisters and whoever else is alive. You know, maybe you could even include, you know, your family of your spouse and how they relate with your family. You have, you know, that, right? What would be the ideal family situation? And then uh-huh. your home life, your home life, which is just you and your partner or you where you're at or whatever. But hopefully you and your partner, so you can actually identify what's it like, with how you would ide- ideally like to live together. But you're doing this now because you don't have a partner, so you're doing it. this. By the way, <laughs> you're, you're only going to do the personal life charter because you ain't got a partner to do the relationship charter. Uh-huh.
3: With you. Right.
2: You know what I mean? You don't even know how to say who I am for you, which is one of these you're going to talk about, right? So right out. Right and then um, and then uh, your intended outcome. So one of my intended outcomes is to live to be 150 years old. Okay. Another one of my intended outcomes is to become fully enlightened in this lifetime. For a lead planet, I'm fully enlightened. Like, whatever Jesus Christ and Moses and Buddha was, I'm that. That's one of my intended outcomes. I don't know if it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but I intend for that to happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And, 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 I'll tell you why I feel I intend to have that happen because uh-huh. you know there's been numerous people oh, throughout the centuries who have been fully enlightened, uh-huh. and they've left and they've left a the mark, but none of them have ever taught anybody else how to be fully enlightened
0: Oh yeah,
2: right. People have been around them and been amazed by them and wrote about them, but they've never actually caused anybody else to be fully enlightened. I want to do that. That's why I want to be fully light. so I can cause other people so I can teach us how to do that, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Jeez. That's why.
3: Okay.
2: Makes sense, right?
3: Yeah.
2: Nobody's ever thought that as far as I can tell.
0: That's amazing.
2: Yeah, I want to do it so I can teach other people. I mean, I I want to do it because I want to enjoy it but I'll experience it but I mean, really, it's more like Other people want this, too. Ain't nobody trying to figure it out. So that's why it's one of my intended outcomes. And I think I'm going to need to live to be 150 to make it happen. And maybe not. I don't know. But, but, you know, if it don't happen, it wasn't because I didn't try. It's like that's my intention. And, um, yeah, I am a smart guy, but I'm going to be a lot smarter if I fulfill on that (sighs) intention. So, um, so, yeah, so this is your personal life charter. And then um, on the document that I'm going to send you is two exercises. One okay. is called One is called your standards of integrity, and it's to help you to find your principles. You should just go through the exercise, like I say. Uh-huh. And, then, um, and then your life's intentions. Um, well, first off, uh, your standards of integrity will be your principles. So it will help you to identify who you are, uh, your principles, you know, uh, that you write down, maybe even your purpose and your mission. You might, you know, you might find a lot of how to fulfill on this personal life charter by doing the exercise number one, which is your standards of integrity, okay. and then, and then um, the second exercise is your life's intentions,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and this will help you to recognize through this exercise how to um, look at what you really want to accomplish and the life you really want to live. It'll help you to get a gr- more grounded in the whole thing if you do those two exercises. So Okay. Um, so that's that. And then uh, what I'm going to do is uh, do a brief, uh, quick conversation about um, uh, about the, uh, the relationship charter. So the relationship okay. charter is, is a blend of... Your personal life charter and your partner's personal life charter. So rather than who I am, you want to take who you say you are and who he says he is and then blend it to who we are and defining yourself from the perspective of principles, your highest principles of yourself, your highest expression of yourself as a couple. Okay. Then your mission, like our mission you're blending your mission so that you're on the same page and you're playing the same game together. You've still got your own personal life charter, but you're looking at it and you're making sense like, oh, gee, you know, this would be so awesome, amazing, blah, blah, blah. Let's make this our mission, our life chart, our life together is that. Um, our purpose. And all you're doing is making sense of your purpose and his purpose and, and, and pulling it together. Uh, and, of course, you could always upgrade, update it later. Um and then, and then the principles you that guide your marriage. So, you know, you've got your principles, he's got his principles, but the principles you're both going to be holding each other and yourselves to in the marriage, you want to put those down. Then uh, your focus. So when I talked about, you know, the filter that I chose to live my life through, which is taking a high road, blah, blah, blah.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, how,
2: how do you want to listen to each other in life as a couple? So you want to create whatever that is for y'all. You know, like who we are is uh, loving the planet and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You'll you'll come up with it. And then um, next is a vivid description of the relationship. Like how you want the relationship to look, but a vivid description of the relationship. Like not he does this and he does that, but more like we experience and we do like that.
3: Uh-huh. Okay. So,
2: so that you're on the same page about how you want the relationship to go. It's not to say that you're gonna like not. Have, but a lot of it might be about I'm independent and my 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 partner lets, allows me to be independent, and then we come together and, and share, you know, our independent expe- ex- experiences together. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you want to like really get a vivid description of how the relationship will go. Um. Uh, Then your intended outcomes, the biggest games you want to play in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, Because you always want to have great games to play. Yeah. You know, great goals to have, you know. And And then your promises to your partner. I promise to love you forever. I promise to treat you great. I promise to blah, 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 whatever that is. I promise to never let you down or whatever. I don't know. But, like, make it... High-end promises, not like a promise to never cheat on you, you know?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm assuming that's already, you know, we got this right. far, you know, right? You know, so like,
3: Probably yeah. could be a, I hope
0: it would be a given, but.
2: You you would, you would, see, you would already know that by the time you got to the point where you're ready to do a relationship charter.
0: hmm
2: Because you could see their principles, the principles they're living their life by, and integrity ain't one of them, right? So you can see that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so my promise is
3: to you
2: uh, and then who you are for me and who I am for you. Who you are for me is like my, my shining star, my guiding light, love of my life, blah, 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 right? And who I am for you is your protector, your um, um, insurance policy, you know, whatever you want to say. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't even know what to make up on that, right? And then his promise is to you as well as who he is for you and who you are for him. And then, um, and you, so you all have that all as a part of the document. And then if anything else is there for you to say to each other, mm-hmm. um, you know, you would, you would say that cause you might have some extra ideas that came up, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a pledge or something of some sort of, I don't know, whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, as long as it helps you to like keep your relationship conscious, Mhm. Um, you know, that's that. So that's this is how you create a relationship consciously. I don't know anybody's ever asked, no, I know one couple that actually did it. And really? um yeah, I had I had a couple um on my second time doing this program.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh they
2: were one of them was a graduate of the TNLP. I was a, I was her coach one quarter. And when she got married, you know, I was at the wedding, and it was amazing. And I knew already, they didn't even need this program, but they did it anyhow. Okay, fine, whatever. And so I was happy. And so um, session five is about communication. So they shared their relationship charter. And everybody on the call got a little misty-eyed. It was like, wow, (laughs) damn. It was so so they read their personal life chart individually, and then they um, shared their relationship chart. It was it was phenomenal. I'm so glad I got that recorded. I actually need to listen to that again. But anyhow, about 15 minutes before the before the session ended, the husband who hardly talked, he said mm-hmm. uh, said uh, I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I'm waiting. I can't wait for the session to end because me and my wife we're sitting here with no clothes on and we waiting so we could you know. Get get mm-hmm. to know each other in a biblical sense,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> because the relationship charter they experienced it as being so romantic huh? that they just was they they I know they had sex immediately after the session ended. I know that. <laughs> in fact, in fact, that helped had helped me to hurry up and finish the session. I didn't want to get in their way. I ain't trying to be no cock block, you know. So,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so. You know, anybody that does this, really does this, I'm pretty sure they're almost guaranteed this relationship is going to work because they put in the work to make it work. And if it wasn't going to work, now's the time to find out. Right. You know, rather than having a marriage counselor or, or, or a minister ask you questions and stuff, do this. Right. Please, you know. So, uh, that's session uh, number four. That's uh, handling breakdowns of structural and other types of breakdowns.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, anything you want to say about this?
0: Um, it's amazing. Hmm. Like literally, like amazing.
3: Yeah. I got it.
0: And I have uh, a lot. Of say it again. I have a lot of homework to do.
2: Yeah, you do, but only if you want to like have you know a great relationship. Yeah. <laughs> you don't care then, if you don't care, then don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Because I either want to have a great one or I don't want to have one. Because I right. don't want that in between thing that I see people
2: have. Yeah, you know, you or could a either thing be a, that I see people have. You could either be hesitant committed. Uh, you could be hesitantly committed. You could be self generatively committed, or you could be ownerly committed. Get to choose. Uh-huh. Yeah, don't bring me no, don't bring me no uh, good soldier committed, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. Anything else? No, we're not doing that. Sorry. And I can see it anyhow, you know. I got to remind myself of that sometimes. Um, but um, yeah, so anyhow, so uh, so that's it. Any any last remarks before we? No,
0: no, I'm good. Thank you so much. Hmm.
2: Yeah, my pleasure.
0: Thank you for all your hard work.
2: Yeah, it's took this took um this program, man, mm-hmm. and the technology inside of it. <sighs> um I'm gonna say at least since two thousand and one. This program I created it in two thousand and eleven. No, this this no. I created the um relationship charter in two thousand and four, created the personal life charter in two thousand and two, but um this this relationship this this program here, I created mm-hmm. it in 2013. So yeah, I'd say 2002 is when I started with the relationship charter. Yeah, I'd say this took a, this is, this this is a 15 years of work put together.
0: I believe yeah. it. I yeah. believe it. Yep. Yeah.
2: Okay, you got to go handle that, All right, Dora? Yeah,
0: it's just an Amazon thing. Don't oh, okay.
2: It. Yeah.
0: And he actually rang the bell and left. So we're good. <laughs> God bless. Him. God
2: bless him. All right. So I'm gonna let you go and um
0: okay. talk soon. Okay.
2: Same time you next week.
0: Um, I I think so, yeah.
2: You let me know. All right.
0: Yeah, I'll double check it and just make sure, but I think
2: yes. Okay, good. I'll just schedule it and that'll be that. All
0: right. righty. Thank you,
1: Tony. Talk, talk to you later. Thanks. My pleasure. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.